for your word. And Father, we thank you for the blessings of the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of us and leads us and guides us in all truth. Father, we thank you that the Spirit of God speaks to us uh, the words from heaven, Father, for direction for our life, for insight and wisdom, Father, into your word. And so, Father, we ask you to let him speak to us. And as he speaks, Father, we will receive it with humble hearts, Father. We thank you for blessing us with the, with the great uh, comforter of the Spirit of God. We give you the thanks and the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. We'll get started there today. So we've been talking about prayer and the di- different kinds of prayer. We just got on, onto the first one uh, last week, but uh, our scripture that we're starting from this is in Ephesians chapter 6, and it says in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Uh, so there is um, perseverance that's that's necessary to pray. Uh, you ever prayed for like a whole minute? It's like, oh, you know, I don't know if I can do this or not. Uh, well, that's why you need perseverance, because uh, uh, and I have observed this many times that in prayer that it seems as though because of life, you know, and you're busy with the things of life and it seems like it takes a while to kind of get into the flow of prayer, right? And, and, um, uh, and part of that is just kind of shaking off all the, all the thoughts of life, not that you're in worry, but just, you know, you're thinking about, well, I got to go clean up this, I got to go sharpen that, I got to go do this, you know, got to go to the grocery store and whatever I got to do. Sometimes you, you're so busy with all the things that you got to do and they're all, uh, you know, fine things to do, necessary things to do. But sometimes it takes some perseverance to get into, into the flow of prayer. Because really, all, all prayer should be uh, directed to some extent by the Spirit of God. And so, you know, there's no doubt you have things in your heart that you want to pray about and, and you need to pray about. But even as you're, as you're praying about them, you should allow the Spirit of God to direct you in your path and what to say and how to say it. And, and uh, we're going to look at some more of that as we get into the different types of prayers. Uh, but uh, the Spirit of God is our great helper, right? In fact, uh, that's, that's uh, what his definition is. He's the helper, right? And we appreciate him helper and helping us in all things. Uh, and, uh, and he says, pray for all saints. But when he said uh, praying always with all prayer, different translations bring out some more insight of that. Uh, one says all manner of prayer or all kinds of prayer. So there are different kinds of prayer uh, in the word of God and how they operate. Then uh, there, there may be some uh, specific things to be aware of. And so we talked about the prayer of faith last week and the and. Um, uh, and, you know, we'll just read it. We're not going to go back all everything we said, but uh, the foundation scripture for the prayer of faith is Mark eleven twenty four, which is therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So it is a prayer, and we know that we pray to the Father, right? Not to the Spirit of God, not to the, not to Jesus, not to any saints, not to Peter, not to Mary, not to uh, cherubim or seraphim or anything anybody else that's in heaven, uh, and. Um, we pray to the Father God in the name of Jesus, right? That's the New Testament prayer that we're supposed to pray. And so when we're praying this, verse 24, we're praying to the Father for things that we desire. Uh, and so it doesn't say just things that you need, it things things that you desire, right? And so and we know that the general principles of the Word of God is uh, there's not a loophole that says that God's going to say, well, no matter what you desire, you know, I don't really care what you desire. You know, if you desire a pink elephant, I'll give it to you. If you desire your neighbor's wife, I'll give that to you. No, we know that, the, that uh, if you go along other verses like uh, John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you'll ask what you will. So the, the general premise of the word of God is 
you know, you can't ask for crazy things, right? Uh, now, what does that mean? You can't ask for crazy things. I mean, uh, it depends on what the thing is, right? So is it, is it something that's illegal or immoral or unethical or that would harm somebody else? Well, clearly those things would all be off the list. But let's say that, you know, you've got a good heart with the Lord and you've got a good relationship with the Lord. And as far as you know, you're abiding in him. His words are abiding in you. Uh, is there any specific limit on what you could ask the Lord for? Uh, we can ask for a car, but not a nice car, right? You could ask for, you know, a boat, but maybe just, you know, not, uh, not with a big engine, right? A small engine's okay, but not a... Uh, all of those discussions are foolishness, right? Because there's no specific limit on things. It's, you know, what, what, what has the Lord showed to you that, that uh, is okay for you to pray about? Uh, and so... You should, you should always check your desires to make sure that they're, they're not uh, misguided, right? You remember we read in the book of James, it says, uh, you, you have not because you ask not. Uh, and, and then the next verse there in, John, in James chapter 4, you, ha- you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. So we went through all the verses and looked at several of them. And the conclusion that you come to in all the verses that we looked at, that if you're not getting your prayers answered, it's 100% on us. There's never a, a verse that says God will sometimes say no. God will sometimes say, maybe God will sometimes say, well, you know, I've got something better for you. Every verse that you read in the word of God, it always says, if you follow these guidelines, you will always get everything you desire 100 percent of the time. And uh, that statement will make some people fighting mad in the church. Right. I mean, they was almost spitting at you. You know, they'll be, they'll be mad, you know, well, that's just selfish. And, and that's just, you know, this and that. And I didn't write this. He said, what things serve you desire? So, and, and what does Ephesians 3.20 say? That uh, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above what? All that you can ask or think. So, that would go along with your desires, right? So, you know, maybe you desire a house. Well, you know, that, that anything wrong with desiring a house? Well, no. I mean, you know, can you get out of order in desiring a house? Yeah, if you will say, Lord, I want the biggest house in town to brag about it and show off, you know, how much money I've got. Well, clearly that would be absurd, and, and I think most sincere Christians wouldn't even think of doing something like that. Uh, but how big of a house is too big? I don't know, you know. I mean, what's the number? Is there a number? You know, well, it's 1,000 square feet. Well, what's wrong with 1,001 square feet? You know, what's wrong with 1,002 square feet? So, you know, anytime people put numbers on it, that's always, you know, that, I got you right there because that's just legalism because there's no 1,000 no square feet in the Bible. So what's the number? Well, there's no number. Uh, well, how do you know? The Spirit of God shows you these things, right? Uh, and besides that, you know, it's like Brother Randy said, whatever you, uh, whatever you obtain, you must maintain. So if you get a, if you get a say, a 10,000-square-foot house, you know the taxes on that may be $10,000 a year, right? Maybe fifteen dollars or $20,000 a year. It could be more than that, right? Do you have fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars dollars $30,000 of free income a year that you can pay just your property taxes, right? Uh, what's your heating bill going to be? What's your, what's your, you know, uh, you know, your cable TV bill is probably the same either way, but, but uh, what's your water bill going to be like? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it, it's, it's uh, uh, how many people that win the lottery go and, and spend everything that they have on a house and they can't, they can't live in it, right? They can't afford the taxes on it. Uh, and, of course, nobody told them that. Uh, but so if the Lord really is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think, then he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Amen. So, so we shouldn't put limits on God. We, we should only put limits on our flesh. 
Uh, and if it's, you know, if it's always gimme, 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 James said that uh, you, you ask and receive not because you ask him is that you may consume it upon your own lust. So if all you're asking for the Lord is just stuff for your own flesh, I want, I want this, I want that, you know, oh, gimme, 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 you know, that is selfish, right? Uh, and your general attitude be, Lord, you know, I like this, you know, and, and um, uh, and then sometimes just be, well, Lord, I, I would like this because I can help so-and-so with this. I can help so-and-so with that. Because, you know, the Lord needs you to have things because some people are un- incapable of having things. You ever know people that everything they get just it's like sand through their fingers, right? They can't hold anything. They can't keep a job. They can't keep a house. They can't keep, you know, a piece of equipment. It's always just gone, right? It breaks or they don't care for it or whatever. So they need somebody that can care for things like that. Well, if you're a responsible person, then... The Lord can get you to get those things into your heart. Uh, and, you know, and if you have a job or if you have a business, you know, the Lord needs you to prosper because you help other people. Right. You tithe on that. You, you hire people. You, you purchase things. And so there's nothing wrong with asking for those things. And in fact, uh, really, you know, you, you should be you should obtain as many things as you can in order to be a great, the greatest blessings you can to be other to other people. Right. Because remember what Jesus said. He said uh, in Luke 6:38, "The given it shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down, shaken together, shall what? Men given to your bosom. Well, if men are going to give that to you, he didn't say, given it shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down, shaken together, well, I give unto you. He said men will give it. So who are the men that are going to give that to you? The men that the Lord prompts in their heart, hey, you go, you go give this money to that person, right? Or you go give this thing to that person. Well, that means that that person has to have the thing or the money prior to the Lord instructing them to do that. So, uh, so, so it's really, you know, if you think about who's got the most interest in the church being poor, that would not be the Lord, right? Because he said, go into all the world. But you, know how, you know how expensive it is to go into all the world, you know? I mean, it's, it costs money to go into all the world. In fact, you know, I, had, I actually had somebody tell me one time uh, that as a church, we should not go on mission trips. And, and I said, why not? They said, uh, because it's too expensive. Now, I'm thinking, you really are kidding, right? I mean, a, a, a person who's read anything in the Bible would not ever say something like that, right? Because that's the most absurd thing that I can imagine somebody saying, don't go into all the world and preach the gospel because it's too expensive. Now, now you fast forward to the day of judgment. You stand before the Lord Jesus and he says, he's going to, because he's going to ask you, did you do what I told you to do? That's, that's the first thing he's going to tell you, ask you, right? And it's going to be generic that you do the word. And then it's going to be specific. I told you to do this one thing that you do that one thing. But he's always going to ask us, did you do the word? And the, the very thing that he said as he was fixing to leave to go to heaven was go into all the world to preach the gospel. And if you tell him, Lord, no, I didn't go because, you know, did you see the cost of plane tickets, Lord? I mean, it was crazy. And it was better for me not to not spend that money. And the Lord's like, have, have you looked around? You're in heaven. Have you seen the streets of gold that I walk on? Do you think that I, that I am wanting for anything? Do you think I'm incapable of funding any, anything that's my will? And so, of course, you know, you know my response to that is always, uh, who's the only one to complain about money in the Gospels? Our friend Judas, right? <laughs> Which always gets people, right? Because they're like, you know, I don't want to be like Judas, you know. But it's really hard for them because they want to be like Judas and complain about money, but they don't want to be like Judas, right? Uh, and so, uh, no, you go on all the trips the Lord tells you to go on, right? If he tells you to go to the backside of the moon, uh, I, I'm trying to figure out, Lord, you know, they need to build a, a base on the moon 
so that I got to have somewhere to go on the moon to go witness to somebody, right? So there's no base, so I can't go yet. But when they finally build a base on the moon, then they need somebody to go witness to them up on the moon. So, of course, he said going to all the world. I don't know if that really includes the moon or not, right? But uh, that's off the world. But he might make an exception. I don't know. And I'd go if the Lord told me to go. I mean, I'd go tomorrow if the Lord told me to go and my wife, right? Uh, and so, uh, but, um, uh, but maybe just the Lord. Uh, and so, uh, so you know, th- this particular verse and this, this prayer is, a, uh, is much controversy in this prayer. There shouldn't be. To me, it's as simple as it can be. If, it's that, if that's what the Lord said, then that's what he said, right? That, that's not hard. And, and it's really uh, unbecoming of us as, as, uh, um, uh, as humble servants of the Lord to say that's not what it means or to say you can only ask for certain things but not other things. Uh, did, are, you, are you the gatekeeper of faith? Are you saying, well, yeah, you can believe for that, but you can't believe for that? I mean, is, is that a role in the body of Christ? Did, did the Lord assign you to that role that... And yet in the church, you know, and you all know people that, that believe that, right? That, well, you can't ask for big things. Uh, and it's all relative, big compared to who, right? Because for you, you, you know, uh, uh, there was a fellow by the name of George Mueller. He, he ran a, uh, a children's orphanage uh, in England. And, uh, you know, by the time he, he was done doing that, there was like thousands of children in there, you know, taking care of them every day. And every day, you know, he didn't have, Corporate sponsors or government sponsors. Every day he had to believe God for, for the for the food to feed all those kids. You know the uh, the money to to house them and and all of that. And um, and he said at the end of his life they were interviewing him. He said he said you know it, it's uh, it takes as much faith for, for me now to believe God for a million dollars than it does to believe God for one dollar when I started. Uh, and so you know for him. Uh, you know, big when he started was a dollar. But when he got done, big for him was a million dollars. Well, you know, some people may never see a million dollars their whole life. But he was believing God. He needs a million dollars. You got 2,000 kids, you probably need a million dollars on a regular basis, right? So, you know, it's, it's really foolishness for us to argue cases like that and to come up with hypothetical such, well, you know, can you just ask God for a zebra or for a unicorn or a pink elephant and, you know, people make those absurd things like that, and it just shows their immaturity as, as Christians. And I'm not interested in, in, in arguing with that, you know. And I know people say, well, you, sh- you know, you can't go to, you know, certain countries or whatever, you know, on your mission trip. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's just, well, why not? You know, what if the Lord told me to go there? You know, rich people need the gospel just like poor people, right? The Lord didn't say go into all the poor countries of the world and preach the gospel, did he? He said go into where? All the world, right? Now, you know, no, no doubt it's fine going to poor countries, you know, but, but if, you, uh, if you only go to poor, I don't go to rich countries. Well, then, number one, you're a bigot, right? You're prejudiced against people that for, I mean, maybe they got rich by accident. I mean, why is it, you know, why are you judging them that they're unworthy to receive the gospel, right? But if you only go to rich people, you're probably bigoted against poor people. I mean, I don't know. You know I'm not your judge, but... I don't make any rules. I go wherever the Lord tells me to go. If it's a poor country, praise God. If it's a rich country, praise God. I don't care. Just wherever, you know, wherever the Lord wants me to go. Because anything else is, is then limiting the Lord to, Lord, here's the rules. If you want me to go, here's my rules. I only go to these countries. I don't go to those countries over there. And the Lord's like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought that the head of the church position was already filled by the Lord Jesus. I didn't know that you had somehow supplanted the Lord Jesus in his role. So, so it's, it's just, it's, 
you need to be careful in telling the Lord what you can and can't believe for, right? And you sure shouldn't tell people what they can and can't believe God for. So if you ask me, well, is it okay if I believe God for that? None of my business. I don't know. You know, I'm not the Lord, you know. You have to decide if, if you're going to use that to consume it upon your own lust or not. Uh, and if you're not, you're probably good, right? Uh, so other than that, I don't see any limit to the Lord. And that's the prayer of faith. And that's the most used prayer. should be the most used prayer. But, you know, in the church, how many people say, Lord, if it's your will, uh, give, then give me this. If that's the majority of their prayers, and a lot, a lot of people, that's the majority of their prayers, that is not the prayer of faith. And so they will never receive it by faith. Now, the Lord might just blind, you know, squirrel kind of faith and give it to you by mercy. But uh, the word if should not be part of the prayer of faith. It, there's a word if, uh, is it found in verse 24? Is the word if found in John 15, 7? Right? There's the word if found in 1 John 5, 14, that this is the confidence that we have. If we, if, uh, we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And, and, and we know that if he hears, hears us, we have the petitions wherever we ask. There's no, word, there's no place for the word if there, right? So the word if is not part of the prayer of faith. If, if you include the word if in something that is supposed to be obtained by faith, it is not faith. And so therefore it won't work. Uh, it's not, it doesn't follow the guidelines that the master gave to us, right? The head of the church gave to us that here's how you pray the prayer of faith. Uh, if you decide you don't like those rules and want to change the rules, you need to re- take that up with the rule maker, right? Who's the rule maker? Well, the Lord's the rule maker, right? You think you're going to get him to change the Bible? Lord, your Bible is just wrong. You know, you need to, there's going to be, this is just wrong, Lord. You know, and, and people, you know, now people don't say it that way, but that's what they're saying. Well, that, that's not, you know, you can't do that. I didn't write it. If it's written, yes, sir, I'll be glad to do it. That's what a humble person does when they read the word of God. Yes, sir, that's what you said. I'll be glad to pray exactly and only that way. Not, I'm not going to add to it, change it. Well, I don't like it that way, Lord. I'm, you know, I'm only going to pray for small things. He didn't say what, what sort of things you desire as long as they are small. When you pray, believe that you receive them, right? Uh, and so prayer of faith, uh, it's the most used uh, probably the most important as far as you being able to accomplish God's will in this earth because it's the way that you get equipped to go and do those things. So you need the funds to go do it or you need the people to go do it or you need the place to go do it or you need, you know, you need to be able to eat, you need to be able to have a job, you need to have a place to live. All of those things are supposed to be obtained by the prayer of faith, right? Uh, if you need a spouse, if you need, you know, uh, you know in the Old Testament, uh, how many wives are barren? And then uh, somebody would pray, Lord, you know, uh, please uh, uh, help my wife to not be barren, right? Didn't uh, Isaac do that, right? Uh, and prayed uh, to receive a child. And, and, uh, and the Lord heard his prayers. Uh, and he had children after that because, because of his prayers. And before that, you know, even though he had the promise of being a father of many nations, because he got that from, from Abraham, right? Abraham, Isaac. Uh, but he hadn't had Jacob yet. So uh, he kept praying. Uh, and uh, it was Rebecca who said his wife, right? Isaac uh, and Rebecca. So Rebecca was barren and couldn't have children. But he had the promise. But the, pro- but the promise was given to Abraham. He had not exercised any faith to cause the promise to be effective in his life yet. So uh, Isaac had to pray the prayer of faith. Lord, uh, my wife needs uh, to not be barren. Uh, and then uh, he yielded to Isaac's prayer, and then Rebecca had children. So even though he had a problem, now how many promises do we have? Thousands in the Bible, right? Uh, and, if we, and if we 
operate like Isaac did prior to that prayer and we never pray about that promise, will we receive the promise? There would have never been a Jacob if Isaac hadn't prayed the prayer of faith to obtain children, even though he had the promise. So you've got the promise. The whole church has got all the promises of the Bible. And we know, you know, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, all the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen, by the glory of God, uh, uh, unto the glory of God by us. So we know that we have the promises. We know we have that the promises are yes when we uh, request them. But until we request them, they're just words on paper, right? So, so take advantage of that and, and um, you know, allow, allow the Lord to, um, to fulfill both your desires and your needs, right? Because in Mark eleven twenty four, it says desire uh, the, over in uh, Philippians four nineteen. It says, but my God shall supply all your need, right? Singular, according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. So it covers needs and wants. Uh, anything else is foolishness and, and uh, people get upset and mad about it. Um, but I don't, you know, and I don't even get mad when people get mad about it because I'm thinking, well, We've got the judge. The judge is the word of God. Just read what the word of God says. But, you know, and I've told you that people, um, people have come to me a- after having preached a message on John 15, 7. and said, well, you're preaching false, false hope. And I'm thinking that, you know, that doesn't make any sense. Because uh, that means that all the Bible is false hope. That means we have no chance for salvation because it's false hope. Because do you know that you're saved? I mean, you sh- I mean, in, by faith, you know that you're saved. But is there any evidence? Do you get a... You get like a little salvation membership card from the Lord or anything like that that proves you're a member of, of the body of Christ? No. So it's all by faith. So to, but to say that you're preaching false hope, you know, that's just an accusation from the enemy of mankind. That, that Because it's not true. Everything we preach is hope. None of it's false. All of it, if it's the word of God, it's all, it's all biblical hope, right? Because until you act, enact it in your life, it's just hope, right? Until you apply it by faith. And obtain that particular promise. It's all hope. And it's good, you know, hope up to a point. But you've got to move that from hope over into, into faith by believing it. Amen. Uh, and so, but that's just a smokescreen. You know, people say that, you know, that, that's words they use to, to kind of uh, dissuade you from being a person of faith. Well, that's false hope. And, you know, if you're not careful, you'll be like, oh, well, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a person who preaches false hope. You know, so I, I better adjust no, that to me that's just that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? Because I didn't write it. Did you write it? You didn't write it. You know, none of us wrote it. It was given to us, and so it's good, amen. Uh, and so let, let's uh, let's turn over to uh, Mark twenty, Matthew chapter twenty-six. We'll look at the next kind of prayer. So the next kind of prayer then is called the prayer of consecration and dedication. And, and you know, the prayer of faith is probably the most used uh, prayer. Uh, and in that sense, it's it's really uh, I said it's most important I think, but as far as your uh, as far as your relationship with the Lord and accomplishing His will, the most important prayer that you can do to live in the will of God is the prayer of consecration and dedication. And so, uh, this uh, prayer is perfectly acceptable and uh, is often necessary to use the word if uh, in this prayer. Uh, and so here it says let's let's read here. In, um, well, let's just start in verse 36, Matthew 26, verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray yonder. So Jesus must have been a good Tennessee fellow, right? We'll pray yonder, right? Uh, and so, 
And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And then saith he to them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tear ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Uh, and so, uh, so what was Jesus asking to do? He was asking to, to see if the Lord still wanted him to go to the, to the cross or not, right? Now, why would he pray that prayer? I, th- I think the answer is pretty easy. It's because he was a sane individual, right? Did he know what, what the cross entailed? Did he know what was going to happen on the cross? So he had the prophecies, right? I mean, he knew he's going to be forsaken of the Lord, right? And Psalm 22 uh, uh, talked about being forsaken. Also talked about that he, his, uh, uh, in other scriptures, talked about that, that uh, I think in Isaiah 53, talks about how uh, he was marred more than any other man, right? So he knew he was going to uh, not just, you know, suffer in prayer here, but suffer physically and then suffer the shame of the cross and suffer being separated from God the Father. Uh, why would he want to do that? I mean, you know, nobody would want to do that. And so, uh, so the, the prayer of consecration and dedication basically is, Lord, if you want me to do this, then I'll do that, right? And so what you're trying to find out is, number one, what is your will? Uh, and, and so you just, you know, you're, you're, the prayer of consecration and dedication is, Lord, I'm here to do your will. Uh, and so... Uh, so Jesus was, was just, he was just asking the question, uh, Lord, do you still want me to do this, right? If, uh, and if there's any other way, you know, Lord, I'll be glad to go to plan B as long as uh, it accomplishes the same goals, right? Um, the same goals that, uh, um, uh, that we originally set, I'm, that's what I want to do, right? I'm not trying to change the rules, right? I'm not trying to, to do something different. I just want to make sure, you know, we're getting close and you still want me to do this, right? Because what did he say? He said, if there be any way, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So the prayer of consecration dedication is consecrating, dedicating your life to the will of God, right? Lord, whatever you want me to do, if you want me to do this, then I'll do that, right? If you don't want me to do it, and and look, if there's something that you know you need to do, uh, you know, I remember one time that uh, there was, uh, uh, they'd called a special meeting at church, and I knew by the Spirit of God that this meeting was there to pick on, on chip night. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, they had, you know, you know that's the thing, right? Now, now, we around here, we have, like, women's fellowship. That's really nice, right? At that church, they had, let's pick on chip night. Uh, and so they did have women's fellowship, too. But, uh, and so, uh, so, you know, the Lord said, well, you know, uh, that this is what's going to happen. And I said, Lord, I don't, I don't want to go. I mean, would you want to go? If you knew that the whole thing was going to be about picking on you and tell you how sorry you were, would you want to go? Nobody wants to go. I said, Lord, I don't want to go. He said, I need you to go. And it's like, okay, Lord, then I'll go. Now, did I want to go? I didn't want to go when I got there. I still don't want to, didn't want to go, you know. And even now, I still don't want to go. Uh, but that's what, that's what happened, right? It was pick on chip night, and the whole, the whole thing was there just to, to try to... Uh, I don't really know what the goal of it was other than to make me look bad, you know. Uh, and so, and the specifics aren't, aren't that important at this point. But there, there had been many times when the Lord had told me, you know, one time he told me, you go talk to so-and-so. And, and, uh, and you know, and so-and-so was not somebody that you went and talked to, right? Because they just beat you up and, you know, call you all kinds of names. And, 
And, so, and, and I said, Lord, I, I, I don't want to do that because I have tried that before and I got beat up, you know, not physically beat up, but, but you know, verbally beat up. Lord, I, I don't want to do that. And, and, you know, and I remember, you know, I, I was, uh, when the Lord was talking to me about this, I was driving in Canada on Highway 401 heading uh, west towards, uh, towards uh, Winnipeg, Ontario. And, um, uh, and that was one of the strongest presence of the spirit of god you know that i've ever felt because you know the way the lord will work in, in a situation like that you know if there's hesitancy on your part you know you know it wasn't rebellion so much you know people just, sometimes you're just rebellious i ain't doing that it wasn't rebellion it's like why, why would i want to do that you know lord i, I, don't, I just don't want to do that it wasn't rebellion it's just no no desire right and, and that's you know you can get by with a lot of things because you know, it wasn't like, Lord, I'm never doing that. Don't ever talk to me about it again. It's like, Lord, I don't, I don't want to do that. So we were having a conversation, right? And, and so, uh, but the, the burden of the Lord to do that got so great in that car, you know, I finally started negotiating. Well, Lord, okay, then here's what we'll do. I said, if, if you will work this out so that they bring it up in the conversation, then I'll talk to them about that. Because, you know, some people, if you just go catch them uh, flat-footed and, uh, and spring something on them, they'll just... They'll, re- they'll rebel and beat you up, you know. And, and so I needed them to initiate the conversation so that it would be easier to, to do that. And sure enough, they did, you know. And, and I was able to, to tell them what the Lord said. Uh, still really didn't want to do it. But, but, um, but the prayer of consecration and dedication is always, Lord, whatever you want me to do in, your, in this life, uh, I'll do it. And, and one of the, I turn over to Hebrews uh, chapter 8. Uh, in, uh, or Hebrews chapter 10, rather. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, I, I believe that this, uh, and this goes right along with the prayer of consecration and dedication. This uh, verse, if you can get this verse set in your heart and understand the ramifications of this verse of uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, this will allow you to live in the fullness of God's will all the days of your life. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, have a lot of ambitions. Well, I want to be, you know, this, or I want to be this when I grow up, or I want to do this, you know, I want to be the, you know, the CEO, or I want to be a millionaire, or I want to do this, I want to do that, you know, and I, you know, I want to live here, I want to live there, I want to be able to do this, I want to be able to do that, I want to have a nice car, and a lot of things I want to do, I want to do, I want to do, right? Uh, and so, when we read here in verse, uh, let's start in verse uh, 5, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5, it says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, so who's the he that's coming into the world? He's talking about Jesus, right? When he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Uh, so the Lord has prepared a body for Jesus to live in. He said, In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, so who's the I in verse 7? That's Jesus, right? So there's a prophecy of what Jesus would say, but this is what Jesus said. He said, then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. In other words, that's, that's a prophecy. Then said I, I come to do thy will, O God. Now that is the prayer of consecration and dedication. Because the prayer of consecration and dedication basically says, Lord, whatever your will is, that's what I'm here to do. Now I may have a desire to live here or to live there. But all that is secondary to your will. Uh, and, um, um, you know, now if you don't care, I'll live over there. But if you do care, then I'm living wherever you care. Uh, and and the, basic, the basic attitude that every Christian needs to have is, Lord, I'm here to do your will. I'm not here to do my will. I have a will. I choose to yield it to your will. 
And if you don't have a will about something, then, you know, I mean, if you don't care what color car I buy, then I'll pick blue. You know, I love blue. You know, so I have a favorite color. Blue, you know, I got to have a blue car, right? Uh, and, um, you know, do you think the Lord cares? No. Does the Lord have a will on the color car you buy? Probably not, you know. I mean, would he? I mean, I'm not going to speak for the Lord, but I'd be really, I'd be really hard for me to believe that, you know. Uh, and, and I mean, I think pe- some people believe, oh, the Lord told me which color toothpaste to use, you know. You really think so, you know? Uh, and, and it, you know, the funniest thing, too, is I had somebody, uh, it, it was when we had one of the children, uh, and um, so the church would bring food for us, right? And, and so, uh, you know, sometimes we just over-spiritualize our lives, right? And so the lady called me up, and she says, hey, the Lord told me to make you chicken tonight. I love chicken. I mean, I could eat chicken all day long, right? I mean, you know, uh, by law, as a preacher, you're supposed to eat chicken, right? So, uh, and so uh, she said, Lord told me to, 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 to make you chicken. I think, you know, even if the Lord told me to do that, I wouldn't tell anybody. I mean, you know, it'd be like, I ain't telling nobody, Lord, you told me to know. But uh, why would the Lord tell him that? I don't know, you know, but, you know, maybe he did. I mean, you know, I'm not their judge, but they said, what have you had all week? I said, well, we, every night we've had chicken. <laughs> so then they get to the house with the food and it wasn't chicken i'm thinking okay either the lord didn't tell you that or now you're in rebellion so either one you lied that the lord told you or if the lord did tell you that now you're in rebellion so lying and rebellion i don't know which one's worse right but you know anyway so we didn't get chicken that night and, and uh, but they now i wouldn't have told them you know i wouldn't say you know hey i'm bringing you chicken there's no way in this world i would have said oh no don't bring chicken i've had chicken every night there's no i mean are you kidding me Thank, you know, thank you that you bring me anything, right? I mean, if you bring me a corn dog, I'd have been happy, right? Uh, and so, you now I would have been happy. I don't know if anybody else in my family, I like, I'm a pretty big fan of corn dogs, you know. I've not had one in a thousand years, I don't think. But, uh, uh, and so, not really a, a, a staple at our house, right? Not something you go, hey, honey, could you make us a corn dog? <laughs> that conversation never happened, you know. Uh, but um, but the, the premise of all of our lives should be... Uh, to say exactly what Jesus said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. That is the prayer of consecration dedication. Lord, I, you know, I would like to live here, I would like to live there, but just like Jesus said, Lord, if there be any other, any other way, let this cup pass me. Nevertheless, not my will. So, so what was Jesus saying in that moment? He said, my will right now is not to go to the cross. So his will differed than the will of the Father. Not my will, but your will, right? So his will was different. His will was not to go to the cross. And it's not rebellion or sin if your will does not line up with the will of the Father, because otherwise Jesus would have been a sin. The sin comes in when you recognize that your will differs from the will of the Father and you choose to still do your own will. That's where the issue is. What's supposed to happen in all of our lives is I have a will to do this, but the Lord wants me to do that. Therefore, I'll do that. That's a normal, healthy, you know, if, you know, Lord, just. I don't, there's no, I don't want to do anything, just whatever you want me to do. That's, that's a lie. I mean, you all, you know, you have a will of what time you want to get up. You have a will of what time you want to go to bed. You have a will of what shoe to put on the left foot, which shoe to put on the right foot. You have a will which, you know, do you squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom or from the top, you know? I mean, if it's from the top, you're in sin, but from the bottom's okay. But you have a will for that, right? Uh, maybe you like the roll, toilet paper to roll off the front. Some people like to roll it off the back, you know? It's probably sin if it's on the back. But, you know, you may have a will to do that. Uh, so, you, you know, you exercise your will every day. And to say you don't have a will is, is foolishness because the Lord created you to have a will. He created you to have a strong will. And you should have a strong will. But your strong will should be uh, have a strong desire to follow the will of the Father. Uh, and, 
and where his will is known by the word of God, right? Don't do fornication or adultery. Do we need a special word from heaven to not do those things? No. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing is when I see something in the word of God says, don't do that. Then I line my will to line up with that. You know, so people say things like that's foolish things like, well, you know, you was born a homosexual. That, that's, you know, that's not true. First of all, you were born uh, alive unto God. So that's not even biblically true. But let's say along the way uh, you start listening to the voice of the enemy and the voice of the enemy says you like people of the same sex because that's the only way you'd ever get there. Right. Uh, expose yourself to that thought or you you uh, you dwell on that and suddenly you find yourself attracted to the same sex well is that possible well sure it's possible because i mean if, if you get around anything you're going to start wanting that thing whatever it is good or bad right and, and so uh, it, it's not like you can't be attracted to the wrong thing uh, but see if you really were a christian who who says i came to do thy will O god then when you, when you recognize that your will is different from the will of the Father, then you will change your will. Well, you just can't change that. Any doctrine that says you cannot, uh, uh, that you have no choice is not accurate doctrine. Amen. So if you say you can't choose who you love, 100% you get to choose who you love. You can't choose uh, what, whether you're attracted to a man or a woman, 100% you can choose to be attracted to a man or a woman, 100%. Uh, and, and if it's 100%, then it's 100% you can change. So if you're attracted to the wrong gender, then you can change. If you're not sure which gender you are, you can change. Amen. Uh, any doctrine that says you don't have a choice is a lie. And it comes from the pit of hell because the greatest gift that the Lord has given to mankind is a free will. And you have a free will to think whatever you want to think, a free will to desire anything you want to desire, a free will to do whatever you want to do. Uh, and we are supposed to take that and line it up with the word of God. And when the, when the word of God says, don't do that, Yes, sir, then I won't do that. Uh, and I will change. And I won't see the world says, well, you have to, you just you're just telling me to suppress that. No, I'm not telling you to suppress anything. I'm telling you to change it. So because uh, Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So he was going to change his will to line up with the will of the father. And as a normal part of your life, you should be doing that. It shouldn't be. Well, I've never had to change anything I wanted. Well, you're a perfect person, right? No, it should be on a regular basis. Uh, you change your will to line up with the word of God and line up with the spirit of God. Uh, and anything else is a lie. Anything else is, doesn't, doesn't line up with the word of God. The word of God is everything in the word of God by faith is a choice. You can choose to believe it. You can choose not to believe it. Well, I don't believe that. No problem. You're just exercising your will, right? Uh, and so the, the prayer of consecration, dedication, I, I believe it's one of the, if you want to live in the best of God, with the best blessings of the Lord, with the best uh, peace with the Lord, with the best uh, revelation from the Lord, with the best amount of power from the Lord, the prayer of consecration and dedication is your way to do that. Because if you're in the perfect will of God, then you live at 100% with the Lord, right? If you're in a 90% of the will of God, like, you know, I, I do 90% of things the Lord tells me, but 10% of things I don't, well, then you're at 90% with the Lord, right? It's not that he's withholding from you, your life is withholding the blessings from him. Uh, and so, so uh, I, I believe that, that uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, to me, is nearly one of the greatest verses for me personally. Because for me, everything that, that I want to do in my life is only about the will of God. And once I know the will of God, then I'm good. Too many times we, we evaluate the will of God by how happy we are. Well, Lord, I'm not happy, so 
you know, I'm just going to change things. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, and I think I've told the story before, but I got in trouble one time because uh, this pastor had asked me to go out to lunch one time. And so we went out to lunch and he was pastoring, in, you know, in a, in a, uh, a county, county or two over, you know, uh, from us. So not in the same city or anything. And so he's telling me, he's like, you know, I don't like my church pastoring up there. I'm up on a little knobby hill and uh, people won't come to special services. They won't give, you know, I have work days. Nobody comes, you know, I'm leaving. I'm going to go somewhere else. And, um, you know, I'm thinking about going to this city and starting a church. What do you think? Well, am I the Holy Ghost? Am, am I the one who leads your life? Am I the one who explains, explains the will of God to you? I mean, that's not my role at all. What do you think? Because what I think is, well, what's the will of God? And, and that's what I said. I said, well, what's the will of God, you know? Well, then, you know, they just won't support me up there. What's that got to do with anything? I mean, what's that got to do, anything to do with anything, right? I mean, to me, it's like, uh, that's just the most, uh, 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 well, I was going to say, uh, 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 cra- crazy thought, because we're supposed to be saying, uh, I came to do thy will, O God, but I don't like the people you sent me. Well, why do you think he sent you to them? Because they obviously need help. So you're there to help them. Now, you know, the Lord's not going to put you in some dead-end job for the rest of your life. He, he will put you there for a season, and if people don't respond, and what did he say? Shake the dust of your feet off, right? But he's going to lead you into that. Well, how long? I mean, did, did the Lord, did the Spirit of God lead Jesus to go to Nazareth there in Mark chapter 6? Uh, but what did, I, what did he say? He said they could there do no, no mighty works. Well, then Jesus was just missed God because he wasn't successful there. You think Jesus missed God? Who sent, who sent Jesus to Nazareth? The Holy Ghost did. But he wasn't successful. Sure, he wasn't successful. Well, well why not? Because they were deadheads, right? They were unbelievers. I mean, they just wouldn't believe. He said he marveled at their unbelief, in fact. But the Lord still sent him to him. Why? Because everybody's, because the Lord's merciful is why. And he loves everybody. Couldn't give everybody a shot. But did Jesus have to move to Nazareth and stay there all the rest of his ministry and not have any success? No, the Lord moved him on somewhere else, didn't he? Uh, and, and so this pastor said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm leaving. Now, as he's talking to me, all these bells and whistles are going on inside of me. That, that's dangerous. That is not wise to do that at all. Because if you just go because, and leave every time because you don't like what somebody looks like or what somebody said to you, or, then you're never, I mean, who, what kind of example is that to the sheep? Hey, come to my church. But, you know, if you get mad, you know, just leave and go somewhere else, you know, because that's, you know, that's what you should do. Just every time you get mad, just leave and go somewhere else. And how, what kind of example is that? You know, uh, I mean, what would you do in your spouse? You get up one morning, you know, and she burns the toast. And that's it. I'm out of here. Right. I mean, I'm, I've had it up to here with burnt toast. And we're, you know, we're, it's over. I mean, is that is that the, is that OK to do that? You know, well, of course, you're not OK. Right. You, you, you work it out. You figure you figure it out. You know, well, let's have biscuits instead. You know, I mean. Uh, unless you just really, really, really love toast or something. I don't know. But so, you know, I, I went, uh, he, he had a spiritual father, you know, uh, and, you know, I'm okay with spiritual fathers, but I, in that case, I was a little concerned about the whole situation, but none of my business. So, so I happened to see a spiritual father at a meeting and I said, Hey, you got a minute? Yeah. Yeah. I said, I, I'm just a little concerned about this fella because, and I told him the conversation we had, you know, I said, I said, he never said nothing about the will of God. He was just saying how he was unhappy, you know? And he said, oh, well, it, it, was my, it was my idea for him to move. And I'm thinking, man, I, you know, that I, knew I, I knew I'd stepped in it because basically I was telling this guy he's wrong. 
And he was wrong. I mean, if you tell me, hey, you know, they're treating me bad, what should I do? Last thing in the world I tell you to do is leave. I mean, is that the will of God that because they're not nice to you, then you should leave? I mean, what if he sent you there? If he sent you there, then you stay until your, your time's up, right? And then I came to do thy will, O God, as long as people are nice. I came to do exactly what you want me to do as long as they, they fund my... So, what's the will of God? If the will of God is, is dependent upon how people treat you, then you're stuck because you'll never know the real will of God, right? You're always going to be doing whatever people, uh, if people make you happy, then you're going to stay. Uh, and so, there's no, there's no, uh, uh, there's no prayer, uh, Garden of Gethsemane prayer, right? Because the Garden of Gethsemane prayer is, Lord, I don't want to stay, nevertheless, right? Uh, not my will, but thy will be done. Because if Jesus operated like we did, he would never have gone across. No, are you kidding me? Got to be naked up there? Pfft, forget you. You know, you go up naked. You know, I ain't doing it. Uh, I mean, that's what, you know, that's what a lot of people would have done, right? I ain't doing that. You do it. Uh, and so he, he left. You know, and I don't know how well he's doing or anything like that. And, and, you know, even if he succeeded as far as what he would consider success, he's a failure because he left, not because of the will of God, but because people, he didn't like what people were doing, right? Well, that's, you know, it, it, it's, I don't know. Let's turn over to James chapter 4 and let's look at uh, uh, what James says about this. So, I, you know, I, and I strongly believe Hebrews 10, 7, one of the greatest prayers you can pray in your life. And you should pray that on a regular basis. So here in James chapter 4, which we'd read earlier about the, the praying there, uh, in the first part of the, the chapter there, but here in verse 13, it says, Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. So what is verse 13? It's kind of typical people. Well, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, right? So one person once said, you know, a good way to make the Lord laugh is tell him all your plans, right? Lord, I'm going to do all these things. So, so what's this person? So what's missing out of verse 13? A any consideration for what the Lord wants you to do, right? Nothing about the will of God. It's here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I want to do. Now, is there anything wrong with this? Well, we'll find out what he says, right? He says, wherefore, you know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. So people use that verse to say, we'll see only the good die young. But, you know, compared to eternity, how long is is even 120 years? It's just a vapor, right? It's just a puff of air. So in other words, we're not here on this earth for a very long time compared to eternity. So make every minute count is what he's telling us in verse 14. In verse 15, he says, For that you ought to say, if the Lord will. So there's the word if, right? Prayer of consecration. Lord, if you want me to do this, uh, we shall live and do this or that. Uh, but now you receive your boastings. And, and so he goes on and talks about other things. But, but verse 15 is the prayer of consecration. Now, is, did he say that it was wrong to say the Lord, we're going to do this or that? No, he said, make sure this is if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. In other words, we shall go into such a city and we shall continue there a year and we shall buy and sell if it's the will of God. Uh, and so it, the, he didn't say it's just wrong to go in the city and buy and sell. He didn't say that. He said, Lord, if you want me to do that, then I'll do that. Right. Uh, and so. Uh, so in, in that and, and so, you know, what I would encourage you to do for me, what I the way I've always operated in my life for, for a long time 
was anytime there was a change, right? So maybe it's a new job or a new location or whatever. Anytime there's a change, and, you know, I try to do things by the will of God, but as I go into that new change, I always start out with telling the Lord, Lord, if you want me to do this thing the rest of my life, I'll do that. Uh, and, and, I, and to me, that's, that's the way that I pray the prayer, pray the prayer of consecration and dedication because when I pray it that way, when I'm telling the Lord, Lord, it doesn't matter if I see success or I don't see success as men would measure it or if I'm happy or not happy uh, as men would measure it or it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. If you want me to do this thing all the days of my life, I will do this thing all the days of my life. Now, I don't say, Lord, I'm never leaving. I'm, I'm always going to do this the rest of my life. I don't say that because I don't know what he says right now. We don't know what tomorrow is. But let me say, I need you to get up and move. Okay, Lord, I'll get up and move. Unless you tell me I'm right here, right? Uh, and so I remember I'd walk into the sound booth, and I'd say, Lord, if you want me to run sound the rest of my life, I said, I'll be glad to do that. And that way, you know, even though I knew I was going to be in the ministry, if I prayed that prayer, I would never begrudge being a sound man because a lot of people know they're supposed to be doing something else. And so the thing they're doing right now, they do a, a halfway job at it. Well, I should be doing something different. That's great. Are you doing this thing different now? No. Well, then do whatever you're doing with excellence. Right. And so I would go into sound booth. Lord, if you want me to run sound the rest of my life, I'll do that. And I'd run the sound to the very best of my ability. Uh, and then, you know, uh, and I remember the day the Lord said, uh, it's time for you to resign being a sound man. And so I went to the I went to the praise and worship leader. I said, you know, in one month, uh, you know, uh, we'll have somebody else trained up. I won't be running sound anymore. Uh, and so I didn't ask him if that's okay if I resigned. That's not between them and uh, that's not between me and them. That's between between me and the Lord. But I didn't just walk out, right? Some people, well, the Lord told me to leave, and then leave everybody hanging. You know, it's pretty rare the Lord leaves leaves his other children hanging, right? When I left, there was already a qualified sound man. In place, they knew how to do everything, uh, and and so I didn't leave anybody hanging. So many people say it's God's will. It's like you left them hanging. I, I just find it hard to believe that God's will is going to harm somebody else, right? But people do that all the time. Lord told me to go. Okay, but what about all the things you sign up? You know, I, I remember one time uh, somebody uh, I was talking to them here, and, and uh, I said, uh, well, "Why don't you uh, on such and such a date?" Uh, and, and they had some information. So why don't you uh, give us that information? You know, whatever. Stand up and tell the church that information. You know, and it was you know weeks weeks ahead or something like that. It was some special date. You know, it was going to go on. And they said, "Sure, I'll be glad to do it." You know, okay, great. You know, and so the date comes, and they're not even here at the church. Now they said they was going to be there, but they didn't show up and didn't even call. Right? I mean, you know. Uh, I kind of figured out when they actually weren't sitting in the chair that they sit in that they weren't going to be there, right? But, you know, did they even call? No, they knew they were supposed to do it, right? Because it was a big deal for them to do that thing, and at least in their heart it was. Uh, and so I checked on them later. Well, there was a political rally, and the Lord told me to go to that. So you could have helped your church, but instead the Spirit of God told you to go to a political rally where you know, uh, nobody's getting born again. Nobody's getting prayed for, right? Nobody's getting hands laid on them. But the Lord told you to, to ha you having given your word, the Lord told you to break your word and go do something else. Yeah, yeah, the Lord told me to do that. I, I wouldn't believe that. I mean, if you gave me a million dollars, I'd put money down. The Lord didn't tell you to do that. Now, now, again, I'm nobody's judge, but number one, the Lord will never tell you to break your word unless it hurts you. 
right? Now, if it, you know, because the Bible says swear to your own hurt and change not. But if you had to take the hit, you know, you know, promise to, hey, you know, uh, I promise to receive the million dollars you're going to give me, and then, and then the next day the Lord says don't take it, you know, then okay, then, you know. Well, then, that, you know, something like that might be reasonable, right? But if you say, hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars tomorrow, and the Lord says, hey, you know, don't give me a million dollars. Okay, then tomorrow comes, and uh, no, I can't give you a million dollars. Told me not, Lord, don't, told me not to. I mean, I don't believe it at all because you can't just, uh, you can't just pick and choose, right? And so I came to do thy will, O God. If you already given your word out, then that's your word, right? And I can't tell you how many times I've seen people harm themselves because this, this goes back to the prayer of consecration and dedication. No matter what it costs me, Lord, I will do your will. And so I'm not going to violate your word to benefit me. You know, and I remember another fellow, he, he uh, called himself a minister. I'm not his judge, you know, if he's called himself a minister, well, okay, whatever. Um, and uh, he was in need of a riding lawnmower. And so, you know, I was in my neighborhood one day, and, and uh, sure enough, right there in, in this guy's yard, for sale, riding lawnmower. So, hey, he's got a lot riding lawnmower for sale. I know this friend of mine, you know, uh, you know, uh, he says he needs a riding lawnmower. So I called him up and said, hey, this guy's got a riding lawnmower for sale. And so, man, I'll be right there. So he came over there immediately. And, then, and he had a good deal on it, like, I don't know, 300 bucks or something for his riding lawnmower or whatever it was. And um, he said, okay, I'll be back tomorrow with the money. And um, praise God. So that night he's talking to his dad. And his dad said, you don't need to buy no riding He said, I've got an extra riding lawnmower. I'll just give it to you. And so, uh, so like that night or the next day, he calls the guy up and said, hey, um, you know, I'm not going to be able to, to buy that riding lawnmower. But my dad's going to give me one. And the guy said, well, I already put money down on a guitar I've been trying to buy for a long time, and, and your money that you were going to give me was supposed to pay for this guitar, right? Uh, and he goes, well, I don't need to ride lawnmower, so you know, I'm not buying it. Now, he's, he's, say, he's thinking it's the blessings of God that got him to ride lawnmower, but he gave his word to this fellow. And, and I can guarantee you, if you will do the will of God, no matter the cost, you will always be okay. Because what, what he could have done was buy the riding lawnmower and get the free one from his dad and then give that one of those to somebody else. Give one to somebody else. Or he could have sold the other one for 300 bucks too, right? Because me, I'd have, just, I'd have taken the hit and then given it away because to me, I, you can't outgive God. You know, I'd, always, I'd always rather give it to somebody else. Uh, but see, uh, and, and, you know, he, he was a Christian and, and um, you know, what kind of a testimony was it that to that person? And as far as I know, that person was a heathen, right? Because, you know, we... we he kind of wanted to witness to him and, and uh, try to show him the love of God. And, and, and then the guy from the church does him dirty like that, right? But see, if, you're, if your prayer is, Lord, I came to do your will, as long as it doesn't cost me anything, I'll do your will. But if it doesn't cost me 300 bucks, it's off the table, Lord, right? So you've given your word out. And the Bible says that uh, a man should swear to his own hurt and change not. You know, really what that should, if, what that should motivate you to do is, is quit talking so much. Because some people promise everybody everything and never do anything. Well, that means that they violated the will of God every single time they didn't do that, right? Better just quit saying things and say, hey, you know, we'll see. Maybe, you know, I haven't decided if I'm going to be able to do that or not. You know, you don't have to make a commitment. You know, you're not required to make a commitment. Some people, they just, they feel bad saying no. They feel bad, you know, putting you off. And so they, they'll say, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And they know they can't. They know they won't. They know they don't have time to do it or money or whatever. Uh, and so the prayer of consecration and dedication, if you'll pray that prayer, you will learn to live in the fullness of God every day. Uh, and James talks about that. And, 
and, and uh, I mean, I could tell you story after story. People said, the Spirit of God told me to do this. And it completely was in, was in complete violation to the Word of God. Uh, and so your, your prayer should be, Lord, whatever your Word says, I'll be glad to do that. And whatever your Spirit tells me to do, as long as it doesn't violate the Word of God, because it never will, I'll do that. If your Spirit ever violates the Word of God, I will never do it. And, and you, so you should be careful about that, because the, the Spirit of God speaking to you will never override any Bible verse at all. Uh, and and uh, and if it does, you know, it's not the it's not the uh, it's not the spirit of God anyway. Right. Uh, because he never will. Uh, and so. Uh, and, and I have found in my life that by praying that prayer, Lord, I came to do thy will, O God. And Lord, I will do this thing till forever. And I've prayed that prayer, you know, as a pastor of this church. I have prayed that prayer many times. Lord, if you want me to be the pastor of, of, of this church in Dayton, Tennessee, the rest of my life, I'll be glad to do it. Uh, and I'm not trying to find a way out or anything, you know. But if he tells me tomorrow to, to move, then, then, then I'll move. And, you know, and one thing I've, I've told the Lord, too, I said, Lord, you know, and there have been times when I was just under great emotional stress, right? A lot of people doing things they ought not be doing, just under a lot of pressure, right? Have you ever been under a lot of pressure? Uh, and I've told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you tell me to change anything right now, I said, I'm not doing it uh, because I'm, I'm right now in this moment. I can't discern the difference between my emotions and your voice. And I am not going to make a mistake and just just knee jerking doing something. Uh, and so uh, I and I'm going to work on getting my emotions in order. But until then, Lord, I, there's no way. And, and it wasn't a rebellious statement. It was a statement of, Lord, uh, I'm not going to change it. Because a lot of times what people what happens is. People are going to do a lot of emotional stress for whatever reason, right? Maybe the boss is mean or maybe, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the city they live in doesn't have a Chick-fil-A or something horrible like that, you know. And, uh, and so they get under emotional pressure and they leave, right? They go change something in the natural. Well, I'm going to move over there. I'm going to move over here. Uh, and, but it was the will of God for them to stay. But because of the circumstances, they left. Now they're out of the will of God. Well, well you know, sometimes it's years sometimes decades, to get you back on path. Now, the Lord is, I believe he's merciful, and he'll do his best to get you back. But see, you know, if, if how many times have people uh, messed up the will of God? And maybe the Lord had you in a job, that that was your job, that the Lord wanted you in that job because you were a great influence and you could uh, minister to a lot of people or whatever, or even a pastor's role, right? Uh, and, and you got mad and left. Well, what do you think the company's going to do? They're going to fill your position. And then you go home, you repent. Well, Lord, you know, I, you were right. I was wrong for leaving. You go back and, hey, can I have my job back? No, it's already filled, you know. So now they're out of the will of God. How long will it take them to get back in the will of God? I don't know. Not, you know I'm not, the, will of, I'm not the, the Spirit of God. But I knew, do know a lot of people uh, shoot themselves in the foot by doing that, right? Uh, and, and by making decisions while they're emotional. And Now, who gave you emotions? Well, the Lord gave you emotions, right? But you're not supposed to be led by your emotions. You're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. So the pr to me, the prayer of consecration and dedication is one of the most important prayers that you can pray. And I remember uh, listening to stories with uh, uh, Lester Summerall. And, and he he'd prayed the prayer of consecration. Lord, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. And so he'd be at home, you know. Lord said, I need you to move to the Philippines, right? I mean, you know, it's not like moving a to like Spring City or something, right? You know, this is down the road, you know, no big deal, right? But uh, this is to the Philippines on the backside of the earth. 
and he'd go into the, into the house and say, Honey, Lord told me we're moving to the Philippines. And see, they've been married a long time by this time, and so she just go start packing. No arguing, you know. Now, sometimes she said she packed with tears because she loved her house or neighborhood or church that they were going to or whatever. But Lord said to go, they went, you know. And, and uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean that there can't be tears because you remember Jesus said he was under great emotional stretch to the point of, of death, right? Because the pressure to, to, to not go to the cross was real. Uh, and the pressure for you to miss the will of God is real. But if you'll learn that, Lord, no matter what the cost, I will do what you want me to do. I came to do your will. And I might have some desires, like go into a city and sell and buy, whatever. But I'm always going to, Lord, if you want me to do that, I'll go do that. If it's okay with you, I'll go do that. If it's not okay with you, I won't do it. Uh, and sometimes uh, in finding out the will of God, sometimes there's a season involved. And, and, uh, and I'll tell you, and we'll go, you know, back, you, you know, the, the, uh, we started Word of Truth over in, in Putnam County, right? And, and uh, we were running two churches. We were running this church and that church at the same time. And, uh, and I knew in my heart that the church over there had a certain time frame before uh, something had to change. Uh, and af after, in, it, in its fifth year, starting its fifth year, I just knew, uh, Lord, there's something, you know, something needs to change. I don't know what it is, but something, something needs to change uh, in, the, in the will of God, in the spirit of God, not in my heart or, you know, I wasn't trying to get the people to do anything. It was just uh, something had changed. So I didn't know what it was. And so we spent months in prayer lord you know we're here to do your will if you want me to be here the rest of our lives we'll be here the rest of our lives no problem lord you know whatever but lord we just sense that there's something there we sense there's something there and so we said well maybe maybe we need to do this it's like, well you know and you know nothing wrong with just think well what if i do this because that's what james says, right we're going to go in city and buy and sell you know nothing wrong with saying well what if we do this but you know that didn't work you know so what, what if we do this you know we said well maybe we need to you know, like swap, you know, uh, Wednesdays and Mondays or something. I think we're here either on Mondays or Thursdays. Uh, maybe we need to swap Wednesdays and Mondays or something or, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays or whatever it is, you know. You know, that, that's not it, you know. And finally said, well, what if we just swap entirely and just do move the whole church to, to Dayton and just have a Bible study there in Putnam County? And, and, uh, and then when we said that, this was after months, right, uh, of prayer, me and Chris, you know, praying this, and um, um, and that was it. That's the answer. And so then we we talked to Doctor Dufresne about it. You know, got some counsel from him uh, about it. He said, "Well, that's it. You know, I, you know, I could have told you that." We talked to another minister that had been to our church before, and we respected him highly. He said, "Well, I could have told you that." Uh, and uh, you know, thanks for nobody ever telling us anything, right? And we had to figure it all on our own. Uh, and so, but that's a good confirmation, right? Because they knew it. But they didn't want to tell us because it's not your job to tell everybody what the will of God is for their life. You even may know it. But, you know, unless it's in your heart. You know, I've had a lot of people tell me it's the will of God for you to do this. That ain't my heart. No way. You know, that, you know you're making that up. Uh, and so, but it was in our heart. That's this is what we're going to do. And, you know, the, the people that we respected in the, in the church, we've talked to several of them. Talked to Brother Randy and, and um, they all told us the same thing. Yep. Yeah, we knew she'd done that a long time ago, right? Well, not a long time ago, but. Uh, and so that's that's how we ended up here it was not because, well, we didn't like that church or whatever. You know, we didn't like the people. We didn't like the location. You no, know, we love living there. We, we our kids all were born and raised there. You know, we love the city and uh, and got, had no, no nothing there. But but the funny thing is, uh, not funny thing, but 
the moment that we made a decision in our hearts, the grace to be there was gone. And so we couldn't get out of there fast enough. Now, before that, it was fine to stay. But the minute we knew that it was the will of God, then there was no more grace to stay. I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't get out of Dodge fast enough. Uh, and so, so the point of that is sometimes it takes a season to discern the will of God. And you can't make rash decisions. You know, sometimes the time is of the essence. The Lord will have you do something quickly. But many times it's going to be through prayer. Lord, what's your, what do you want me to do? And if you'll pray the prayer of consecration and dedication, which is, to me, primarily Hebrews 10, 7. Uh, Lord, I came to do thy will, O God. Whatever you want me to do, Lord. Uh, and you'll be safe and protected and blessed. Amen. Uh, and that's really where we want to be, is right? We be uh, safe, protected, and blessed. Amen. And so let's pray. We'll thank the Lord for his will today. So, Father, we thank you for the will of God. Father, we thank you for the plan of God, for the blessings you've given to us. Father, we thank you that we can know your will. We can know your desires, Father. We can know what you want us to do each and every day of our lives. And we'll discern that, Father, first by our prayers. Lord, we came to do your will. And then you will reveal and you will instruct and you will fill us with a real knowledge of your will. We thank you that we can go through life knowing what you want us to do. We thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. It's, uh, um, uh, I, to me, this particular prayer is, is very precious to me because it, it has uh, saved me a lot of grief, amen, over the years. And so let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. And, you know, in all the years that I was with my pastor, you know, there was a lot of difficult years that I was with him. I would pray the prayer of consecration and dedication. Lord, if you want me to stay at this church. Uh, and it was not easy. I mean, it was exceedingly difficult to stay. They were so unkind and so, you know, ungodly many times. Uh, but the Lord wanted me to stay. Uh, and so come ahead, Mr. Jared. And I'll tell you, you know, after, after we had left the church, and the Lord said it was time to go, and it was probably a couple years after that, I was just talking to him. I said, Lord, why did you want me to stay there? Because, I mean, at the end, they didn't listen to a word I said. I was preaching love and mercy. They're still mad at me, you know. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and when he told me that, it, the will of God made a lot more sense to me. He said, uh, he said, you were there to help them to learn to repent. Because I love them enough uh, to give them an opportunity. And he said, you were the only one who was willing to stay. Because my pastor had a, had a long line of dead bodies behind him. People he just ruined their lives, you know, and not kill them necessarily, but but just ruined their lives, you know, by just being unkind to them. And he said, you were willing to stay. And, and I, I love them enough to, although you suffered, but I needed somebody to give them a, an opportunity to repent. And so he loved them enough, even though I had to suffer. It wasn't about me suffering. It was about he loved them. And, and when I saw that, you know, I understood the whole thing of Jesus, that, that he suffered, but he suffered because he loved the people. And sometimes, you know, you will have to suffer. In the will of God, you will have to suffer because he loves the people that he sent you to. Uh, and, uh, and so it's worth it, though. Amen? I mean, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. That's a pretty good deal, right? Upgrade from being on the cross to now sit at the right hand of the Father. So I'm not going to sit at the right hand of the Father because that seat's already taken. But, you know, I might get a footstool or something nearby. I don't know, you know. So, uh, so it's just uh, when I saw that, then it's worth the cost. Whatever the cost it's worth it because he loves people enough that no matter the cost, that it may cost you dearly. But you think I'll get the uh, dividends from that? Absolutely. I mean, I believe everything that, that all the blessings in our lives right now are because we said, uh, Lord, I came to do thy will, O God. Uh, and so, 
Uh, so just meditate on that because you really, you have to get to, a, and I know we got to go, uh, you have to get to a point where nothing else matters but the will of God. You may have desires, goals, ambitions, all those are fine, but compared to the will of God, if you want me to change, I'll change tomorrow, Lord, whatever. You know, no problem at all. Uh, and if you'll do that, you'll find great success in your life. Amen. So be blessed. Don't forget uh, Women's Fellowship on Saturday. Uh, clock's moving forward on Sunday. Uh, really Saturday evening or early Sunday morning before church, right? So uh, we'll see you hopefully on time Sunday, right? 